if you ever get a template or a program provides it, I know a lot of these bookkeeping programs do provide some sort of templates. They're really great baselines. They're very yeah. similar to AI. It's like, they're great baselines, but you should always have someone review it. And so it doesn't really have to be really expensive. It's just know what you're going to get. Look at reviews. <laughs> Like read through it, people. <laughs> I can think of, I, I'm laughing because I can think of it right now. Like someone probably went to chat GPT and was just like, write terms and conditions for my business and then just no. like printed it. I can guarantee people are doing that right now. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it. And you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work. There's no doubt about that, but you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business. Am I right? But don't worry. That's where I come in. The workflow queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech systems and automation in your practice. So you can scale bigger, hire better and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast. I am so excited to have, again, a lovely guest, and her name is Melissa Honan. And I'm sure if you've already listened to one of her other episodes, you probably got some amazing golden nuggets and all the good things. But Melissa, once again, thanks for joining the podcast today. Quickly introduce yourself. I'm sure they already know who you are, but if they don't, tell them all the things. Well, thank you for having me and talking to me again. Um, so I'm Melissa Honan. I'm the CEO of Bookkeeping for Painters. So that is a bookkeeping and tax firm that works specifically with painting contractors, painting business owners across North America. And I'm also the founder of Melissa Honan Consulting. So I have a consulting firm and I work with bookkeepers and accountants on their sales and marketing. Do one-on-one coaching, and I also provide different content and resources to help people grow their businesses. I love it, and also I am mildly obsessed with your new Facebook group. So, can I shamelessly plug in and tell Please them what do. is this? Facebook I love group? it. <laughs> uh, sales and marketing tips for bookkeepers. It's a public Facebook group. It's welcome to all bookkeepers, all accountants, tax preparers, and we're really excited to just have a place dedicated to talk about sales and marketing, especially specific to this industry, because I feel like not enough conversation is around that. Everyone just says like, just land a client. It's like, mm, but it, is, it, is it really that easy people? <laughs> and I, what I found too, is I, I you know, and it's funny because I just posted today, you know, how are you getting leads? And everyone's like networking referrals. Okay. Well, how do you network and how do you get referrals? That's what we need to dive into and talk about the specifics because I'm a natural introvert and that's not something that came easy to me. And it took a lot of work to figure out how to talk to people which is funny because that's why I offer my coaching services because I tell people, it's like, I'm going to teach you how to just talk to humans because if you think it would be natural, but it is not for many of us. Yes, it is quite the hard thing. So speaking on that and speaking on all the things that we were talking about earlier, just so everybody knows, because you weren't there for the conversation we were talking about earlier before we started this episode and started recording about failures, because you said something right now that was like, I've learned so much. And also being an introvert and going through these things, of course, obviously you've come out the other end clearly, because you're here now, which is great. But ultimately like what kind of failures? I just want to know, give me the good stuff, the worst scenario. 
the tea. Spill the tea. No, so I was just on another podcast yesterday and we were talking about like the beginning. And it feels like that is a whole other lifetime ago because we started the business in 2016. And that, I mean, on paper feels like it's not that long, but I can't even remember living that life. I can't even remember last week. I I definitely can't remember last week. Sure enough, don't remember how things were back in 2016. So I was really like digging in my brain and they'd asked me, you know, what brought us from six figures to seven figures? And it took me a little bit of time throughout the day after that podcast, as I was like still thinking about it, because it was like, man, I remember that. That was so weird. And it really came down to spite and out of like a failure. And so it was, you know, back in 2017, I left the business because I had my son and I also am a terrible person to work with, with me and my husband. I'm not like, I'm not an easy person to work with, at least if you're married to me. So I came back in 2019 before he was going to deploy again. And so we hadn't worked together in about a year and a half. He was deploying. I had a two-year-old. And so we said, okay, we're going to come back to the business. I'm going to come back to the business and I'll just do some invoicing. I'll do some admin. I'll just make sure nothing gets lit on fire. I had a CEO that was running the company. I'll run the payroll. All right. Like I'll just, you know, make sure nothing disastrous goes wrong. Foreshadowing to <laughs> that. Uh, we find out that I'm pregnant right before my husband's going to deploy. So like literally the, the month my husband's deploying, we find out I'm pregnant. Mm. It's just like the way the army works. It's like, they just, you know, you get, you get pregnant as soon as your husband deploys. And then, <laughs> so we're like, okay, it's, it, it'll be fine you know, okay, I'll, I'll be pregnant. I'm not, again, not working too much in the business. It'll be okay. So a couple months go by, my husband's in the field, which means I, I have no contact with him. Can't call him, can't text him, can't email him. It's a Friday night, nine o'clock at night. I get a text message from the CEO saying that he's, he can't work for me anymore. He's quitting. He's done. This is his notice, you know, whatever it might be. And of course I like freak out. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Because this is a business I haven't worked in in yeah. a year and a half. I have a two-year-old. I'm four or five months pregnant. My, I cannot reach my husband. I will. Yeah. He had literally like just left to the field too. So he was going to be like, he's like, oh, I won't be able to talk to you for two weeks. Okay, bye. CEO calls. Oh, actually, he didn't even call me. First of all, he texted me. CEO texted <laughs> text. me. And then also not only that, but he's like, I'm really busy next week. Like we can set up a meeting for, and it was like a week and a half out. Like he's like quit. And then it's like, but we can't talk about it. (laughs) I just like, and I like was thinking about this yesterday after this podcast. And I was just like laughing to myself because I remember thinking everything around me was on fire and was going to be destroyed. And Mm. I just ruined my husband's business. And I didn't know what I did wrong because I always blame myself. I'm like, oh, he quit. What did I do? Wait, which, by the way, I cannot wait to tell you what I did because I did do something to get him quit. It was okay. my fault. I'm very excited. <laughs> so I do what any normal person would do, which is panic. And text, I think, I, I don't know if I texted, I texted him first. I texted Ben Robinson. <laughs> and I was like, Hey Ben, do you have time where like I could talk to you about, you know, my entire life imploding? And he was really nice. And he got on the phone with me and he's like, okay, we, we, 
talk to your lawyer, do this, do that. Don't worry. You got this, et cetera. Because what ended up happening over the next couple of weeks is that the, the, our then former CEO was trying to steal all of our clients. Ooh. So that being said, this, I hadn't figured that out yet. So I just, I just went with what Ben said. Okay. I can do this. Talk to the lawyer, talk to my lawyer and decided basically that when I did talk to him, I wasn't going to try to talk him out of it, but I was going to accept his resignation because the only thing I could think of was if I convince him to stay now, is he going to do this when I'm nine months pregnant? Mm. (laughs) Like, is it just going to delay a few months or I can let him go and just figure this out now. I got a couple months. Let's figure it out now. So I did that. I met with him a couple days later and he tried to basically say, I'm sorry. Actually, I take back my resignation. And I was like, Ooh, sorry. I actually already accepted it. Thanks. Like, let's talk about your oh, notice. No. Um, <laughs> and um, such a big move. Didn't like that at all, of course. And so then that kind of kicked off the several weeks of trying to steal our clients. And so again, I'm thinking everything is like imploding around me. I'm going to lose all these clients, but you know, what doesn't go over well uh, (laughs) with probably anybody, but especially not like a veteran heavy industry, like the painting industry is trying to steal the clients of a deployed man while his pregnant wife is running his company. So (laughs) I got a lot of emails that were like, we're not going anywhere. This guy's like, this is what's happening. I didn't know all that happened. This is yeah, just turning into a whole nother thing. I had no idea what was happening. He sent out emails to all of our clients and my clients were the ones that let me know. They're like, Hey, by the way, this is what's happening. Because I was like, that's like, it's not going to play over well, right? Optics wise. And so moving kind of out of there, like kind of getting out of those few weeks, the thought was basically, you know, i Let's just make it through the couple of weeks. Let's just see what happens. We, we figured out working out his term, got with a lawyer, figured that out. We did have to do some kind of like legally type stuff because a variety of things that was happening. But overall, like in the grand scheme of things, like thinking back to it, like as much as I felt like a failure and I also felt like everything was going to implode around me, like we survived. And then when that kind of ended is when I thought, you know what, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to double the business. And so again, had not talked to my husband through any of this. He had no idea any of this was happening. He comes back this like two weeks passes. He's like, he calls me. He's like, Hey, what's up? How's everything going? (laughs) Like it's a dumpster fire. It's great, babe. (laughs) Hey, it's great. So just want to let you know. So-and-so resigned, tried to steal our clients, dealt with the lawyers, Ben helped me. By the way, I'm CEO now. Then I go ahead and double the business while you're gone. Oliver's fine. He's good. <laughs> like building in. And he's like, mm. he's like, don't worry about like, he's like, okay, you want to do it? That's fine. Like, but just like keep it where it's at. Just like try not to like blow it know, up. Blow it up while, while I'm gone. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm I'm gonna grow the business instead. And he was just like, okay. But then like I did. <laughs> Surprise. Like longest story in the world. That was just like one of the hardest times, but that was like the defining moment of me saying like, obviously he underestimated me. Many people have always underestimated me and I wasn't about to have it. And 
if you're going to try to destroy something that we work so hard to build, I'm not the person that is going to be the pushover. And it just fueled me to say like, I'm taking this and I'm going to build it to a point where I won't even think about you in the future. And it's true because I was talking to Daniel last night and he's like, man, like, I don't even remember all of that. I was like, well, you weren't there. But yeah, you were kind of gone. I mean, for good reason. Thank you for serving America. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but, my, but it's everything's lighting on fire right now. It's great. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, okay. So this was it. This is what I said. Okay. So we had a meeting. We had a leadership meeting about the future of where we wanted to take bookkeeping for painters. Wait, this was back then. This is like that was, in that moment. Back then. Okay. Back then. Where, where they want to take the food painters, what our goals were, like, what did you see in the business? <laughs> okay, guys, I mentioned that I, like, I wanted to have a really great work environment where we paid people a living wage, beyond a living wage, that we have, could afford to provide full benefits, and that it was my dream to provide a minimum of 12 weeks paid maternity leave to employees. And that is why. <laughs> and that's why he quit? Because we had micro and macro economic differences, aka he wanted to pay people and he didn't want to provide benefits. Hey, listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more. What? I just can't, as an employer who now provides benefits, like I provide 401k, great matching insurance that covers like dependents as well. Like that's so big for me. I mean, it's it's expensive. That's a very conservative, like old school business owner view, which is like, it's my business. I want all the money. You know, I just want to be able to like have labor that gets it done. And I come in and I'm like, I want to spend more money on making sure my employees are happy. And he's like, no, 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 no I don't want to do that. That just seems like a, a misalignment though, altogether. 100%. And that's part of the big thing is because like reviewing back and, and then talking to him further about it, that is a big reason why I accepted his resignation because I was like, this all, you're right. We've got differences of opinions here. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to go with mine. So, man, that's like a, that's a story. I didn't know all those things. That's, I know there's more to like, it keeps like uncovering. I I feel like I have PTSD from it, but (laughs) well, you're obviously on the other side, but a lot of learning out of that, which is having really strong non-compete agreements. 
yes. having really good employment contracts in place, you know, making sure that compensation and bonus packages are properly documented and tracked. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, an issue with PTO that basically he was saying that he had never taken any of his PTO and I had to pay it all out. It was going to be something like six weeks of PTO, which would have drained our accounts at the time. Yeah. Like that was a lot. He was making more money than any, we weren't making money at the time because we were paying him so much. But luckily I was able to go back and track all of the PTO that he had taken because at the time we weren't using Gusto to track PTO, things like that, where you don't think how important these things are until someone's trying to destroy your business. <laughs> and even now I'm still a little bit lax about it. And I know like in other failures, like <laughs> I should probably get better about it. That's rough. I think a lot of people, it's so funny because today, so in Breakthrough, which is, if anybody's listening, is one of my big group coaching programs specific to this industry. And someone had a question today. So we have like a Facebook group, right? So they can ask questions as they go through the program. And we have a whole module dedicated to hiring. And one of my big points in the program is to protect yourself. You might be, we're so naive at the very beginning when you're first hiring to be like, everyone's perfect. Nobody's going to leave me. Nobody's going to steal my clients. And like, I'm sorry to break the news to anybody, but like, that's not the reality of things. And to be honest, I used to think that until I have also experienced situations that have put me into a certain place to have to initiate these processes. And so one of her questions was, I'm working with an AR, I'm sorry, not AR, um, HR consultant to draft our employee handbook. We don't offer anything that has to do with contracts because- my lawyer says, not a good don't, idea. Don't <laughs> that, like, I'm not a lawyer. So we do offer like guidance on like feedback on what you should be offering. So she said, what should I do specific to this industry? And I hit almost every point that you talked about, which is like definitely that non-compete, definitely making sure, well, in my mind, an employee handbook is a little bit different than employee contract. I mean, they can kind of go hand in hand depending on what's being yeah. signed and what's not. But essentially like it is important to put these things down because these things are failures, but at least- your experiences and my experiences and people like us who've gone through these things, who, when you hear people constantly telling you, put it in a contract, don't just sign someone on, whether it's a client or a contractor or an employee, like there's a reason why so many people say it. And it's because of your types of experiences. So it just puts into perspective that sometimes you got to spend money to protect yourself. And it's not fun. Like nothing is funner than having to send my lawyer constantly money because someone's plagiarizing something, stealing something from me or an employee. I've had someone work for me as a contractor who stole my Asana templates and would reach out to people. And I had same situation. They reached out to me and said, Hey, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know why they're reaching out to me because I have a loyal fan base. Just like you guys have a loyal, loyal people, like loyal clients. So this is a really great reminder to people. Like if you are hiring, like just remember these, these layers, these are important layers because you can get screwed. And documentation, I will say like, you need to have a non-compete, but the thing with non-competes is they're almost impossible to actually uphold um, any type of like, you're not going to receive anything. I mean, you can send them a cease and desist. They might get in trouble, but unless you have something specifically stating, you know, if you steal my client, then you're going to have to pay out this dollar amount in your contract or whatever. And it's really hard to uphold a non-compete where we were successful in mitigating legal action, which did not, again, mitigate that legal bill though, man, that was like, 
six, seven grand fighting with this person on this stuff, but where it came in was just very strong documentation. And that happens, that needs to happen, of course, like from the beginning of your relationship, throughout your relationship. Because I know so many people where they're like, oh, I'm having an issue with this employee or this subcontractor. Y'all write that Everything, everything. Everything, date, time, Time. what was said, record those meetings, screenshot. Because guess what? Because that was one that we had one of the, like, I don't know if it was like, I don't know if we were paying for Slack yet, or it wasn't the level that we're on now, but he, he was able to go in and delete Slack messages after the fact I had gone through and looked for them. Like he had, he had resigned also via Slack and had put some stuff in Slack and I went to go find them again, because I wanted to, to just refer to them and I couldn't find them, but luckily I had screenshotted them the day, like as he sent it, I screenshotted it. So don't rely on, oh, well, I can always go back through my Slack messages, depending on what Slack you have. They don't keep all the messages. You know, there's also, you know, see about how your emails are set up. Like you have access to go into employee emails because we found a lot of like impropriety, you know, in the way that he was speaking to our clients through mm-hmm. our company email, you know, all these different things. And I know you don't want to think about that because especially when you're hiring somebody new and you're excited and you like them, you you don't want to think about what could go wrong, but really like you ever have like the smallest red flag, you got to document it, write that down. I totally agree. I, we do. Um, I, I'm going to ask you where you also document it, but we document this kind of stuff in Notion and you can get to a point where it's like, oh, it's just a quick little like you know, missing on a, like a counter receiver, I don't know, an invoice going out incorrectly or this, or like someone just yeah. randomly bring saying something that was obnoxious on it, on a team meeting. You you don't think of those things. Cause you're like, Oh, they're just minor. They're just minor. But those minors thing, minor okay, things do up. pile up over time. And it's like, and then I like think snowball a, too. Yes. If you let them know, if you let them know, okay, these five little things weren't a big deal. Well, next time it's going to be three medium sized things. So <laughs> It's mm-hmm. usually not going to be ending at just those few small things. Oh, for sure. And also it, it seeps into company culture 100%. Yeah. And so for my advice for anybody, like, is just, just like Melissa saying, document as much as you can, there's nothing wrong with it and it can be hidden. So for us, we have a, I have a, like an owner's page in notion that's not shared with anybody on the team. And it's only for myself. And I go in there and if there is a team member that is management level, that is also in charge of making sure to document things. I will make sure that's only shared between us, but also have a backup because you never know that that comes down to like the days that they say, you know, I have to step out of the office because I got to take a half day because I got to do this. I got to take a half day. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, it's just a half day. I'm not going to ask them if they want to use PTO. I'm just going to pay them for the day. It's like, you Mm -hmm. have to document these things to see trends and see any issues and also be able to use it in a legal, like my lawyer, like really still instilled into me screenshot everything. Anytime yeah. I see anything, I'm always screenshotting it because you never know when it does happen. Like I've had a lot of competitors take my things and sell it and package it. And I'm like, I screenshot everything. You got to do That's it. Exactly you got to do it for happened. everything. And I love that too, because when I, I ended up having to go to a lawyer about another, <laughs> another thing, you know, she's asking me, she's like, you know, what kind of documentation do you have? And so we keep, I keep my documentation in a Google drive folder. Mm-hmm. I have a different Google drive that I keep it in. <clears throat> that nobody in the company has access to except for Daniel. Even if they're helping me gather documentation, they provide that documentation to me. I take it out and I move it. I don't want anybody else to be able to find it. And so I was able to share 
that folder with my lawyer and it had like five different folders inside it labeling the different types of documentation she was like how thorough are you and I was like I'm very thorough very neurotic about this there's yeah. everything you need. <laughs> here's all my issues also solve my life problems <laughs> right I think that that's a oh well that's definitely a big lesson I mean that's sounds like a failure but also it's not it sounds like it really benefited the long-term health of the company and also just got rid of bad almost bad blood so that's the thing though is like what I want to talk about failures is that they always feel like failures when you're in them yes but just realize it's temporary and that's what separates us as business owners and entrepreneurs from people that are just going to never venture out what everyone's always like oh I wish I could start a business I mean you could but not with that attitude. <laughs> so the, the, the difference is that, you know, we wake up every day and maybe this stuff gets, you know, put on our plate and it feels like everything is just, again, imploding all around you and that you're a failure, but you continue to just keep going and take it step by step and find solutions to your problems. You know, anytime I was handed something like this, if I had just said, well, I guess I'll just go get a job instead. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be with First of all, I am not employable anyway, <laughs> at this point. Um, I, I had the same discussion with a friend the other day. I was like, if someone really wanted to hire me, she's like, what would be the salary? And I'd probably be like, I told her, I said, I'm probably like half a million annually. And I only have to work five hours a week. A million dollars a year, 15 to 20 hours a week. That's it. You better accommodate. <laughs> That's it. If you guys want to know what my price is. Yep. There you go. If I get a pitch, guys, I can't say I'm going to say yes, but it might sound really appealing. <laughs> I don't know. Because I have been offered certain things. I thought about it. I was like, it's just not, there's not enough money in the world for me to work full time for another human being. I could never have a boss again. I, I really just, I don't think I could. The entitlement that we have, but, but. <laughs> Again, all those failures, that's where we got here. And I don't want to scare people with the legal stuff. Like as you grow your business, you're not going to get sued a bunch of times, right? No, but I also think there needs to be more education around it. I think that most businesses aren't, they hear about, it's always like a friend of a friend always went through an experience or a friend of a friend. It's like the exception, the rule, whatever it is, like the rule versus the exception. I think that it's, it's not as scary as you think. I remember the very first time I went through anything that was like legal-esque, it was very terrifying because yeah. I didn't know it. And now it's so easy. I'm just like, oh, I just call my lawyer. Like, but also <laughs> guys, mind you, me and Melissa, are, our businesses are at a, a, a different stages than yeah. you might be, or you might be in the same bucket that we're in right now. But just be mindful that these are things that we've decided to invest in because it was important to us because we've had bad scenarios, you know? I pay my lawyer, I want to tell everyone, I pay my lawyer $500 an hour. So I just want to let you know yeah. that's, that, that's what you but that's what you have to expect. It is worth it. 100%. <laughs> the one thing I remember my first lawyer, which I love her. I love her as a person. She was supposed to be a contract law specialist. A contract was utter bull. <laughs> None of it would have withstood anything yeah. found. In, but she, I could afford her. She's like 200, $250 an hour. We upgraded our, our, our lawyer to more of a shark. I remember asking around saying, like, I want a shark for a lawyer. Like, I want somebody that can be scary for me. And I found him for sure with these $500 an hour. And that's, that's, I'm willing, 
glad we pay him that. I think that's a good topic to kind of spin on is like, how do you know? Cause at the very beginning, everybody does it. I either do my own website or I hire someone for on, I see it all the time. Like, especially in like the bookkeeper launch group, like I, what's a reason, like what, what is a fee? I want to find someone for a reasonable fee. Well, your idea of a reasonable fee is going to be way different than my idea of a reasonable fee. And when people want it for like $200, it's like, you are going to pay for what you get, unfortunately. So at one point in like your business, like how do you identify when you're ready to make that next leap? Yes. Budget is a great answer for that. Usually you can't afford to pay the higher fees until you're ready for it. But at, at what point do you kind of make that transition into higher paid lawyers, higher paid marketers, employees, like so on and so forth? That's hard for me. The, the the lawyer would be an easy transition, just because again, it's the same thing. We tell we tell people when we're selling bookkeeping services, right? You do a diagnostic review, you look at somebody's books, and they tell you, "I can't afford you," and you're like, "Well, you kind of can," but also you <laughs> can't afford not to, right? So there's certain things where it's like you can't afford not to because look at what you're missing by not having this bookkeeping. When it comes to lawyers specifically, like especially startups, people are using Rocket Lawyer and all those kind of like DIY legal templates. And that is okay for the beginning, but I would even caution you there because yes, will that actually do anything? No. Now you need to have an engagement letter, right? So you're kind of paying to basically plug in a template. That template's not going to do for you <laughs> if anybody actually you know, disputes it. And so I would say, you know, at the beginning, if you're looking at where do I need to invest my money for me, looking back on it, I spending more money on the lawyer would have been a better idea than anything else. I constantly am telling people, I think I'm like, I've become like the person in every group. That's always like, can someone share their engagement letter? Can someone share their contract? Can someone share their terms and conditions or even worse. I saw it once where someone was like, I just took it from someone's website. I'm like, you literally just, <laughs> I remember commenting and I, w- I was really nice about it. I was just like, Hey, like, that's not okay. Like it's not, not okay cool. to, you know, takes people's stuff. But I do believe that lawyers sometimes are the best thing because ultimately you can get yourself stuck in bad scenarios with clients. And I think that's one of the best fees at the starting and beginning. I can 100% agree, but I've also cut corners at the beginning too. But the stage of where I'm at for every new business I try to run, try to, that I successfully run. <laughs> I'm over here like, you try. It's just I, I say that, people. <laughs> I say that too. And it's funny because I, I still haven't gotten my my new engagement letter for Honing Consulting. I, I'm working on it for my consulting business too. It's like, it's it's the new business. I'm not cutting corners by any means, but it, obviously it's a side hustle. So I don't have as much time invested in it, but that is, that's my top, that's my top five to-do list, but it hasn't been done yet, but I will be going to, you know, the higher end lawyer from the beginning. Oh, point. for sure. Even if you get like a template for any, so anybody listening, if you ever get a template or a program provides it, I know a lot of these bookkeeping programs do provide some sort of templates. They're really great baselines. They're very yeah. similar to AI. It's like, they're great baselines but you should always have someone review it. And so it doesn't really have to be really expensive. It's just know what you're going to get. Look at reviews, <laughs> like read through it, people. <laughs> I can think of, I, I'm laughing because I can think of it right now. Like someone probably went to chat GPT and was just like, write terms and conditions for my business. And then just no. like printed it. I can guarantee people are doing that right now. Well, cause really what it's doing is pulling data that's already existing. And the thing is, it, it may not be applicable to your business. It may not be applicable to your state, 
that's the big thing is yes. state, which by the way, which is why when you get these templates from any of the businesses, and I've, I've been creating a template similar to this that will launch, you know, I don't know, eight years from now on my timeline currently. <laughs> like it's based on the state of North Carolina and <laughs> being that this is a perfect example, being that like Alyssa's in California that has a law against everything. Yes. There's no way that she could take a North Carolina engagement letter and just run with it because there's most likely things that are missing, things that are illegal, mm-hmm. that are legal. And, you know, I, I, I lived in Florida before I moved out of the country. You can do anything you want in Florida. I don't even think they have laws there, but in <laughs> California, that's not going to play over. So no. that's the thing. When you get these templates, they're created usually either in a specific state, the state of whoever's creating them, and you need to have a lawyer review it for your state. Because it will not be upheld if you do not change it. And a recommendation for anybody, I will drop the link. Her name is Lindsay Shea. She actually works with a lot of my breakthrough students. She has actually a guest expert on there as well. She sells specific contracts for bookkeepers and accountants. And even though I do recommend that you still have her maybe review it, she does do like one-off consulting calls where she'll go through like a contract and give you suggestions and stuff. I will give you guys her information because I know that she's worked with a lot of other people in this industry. This is totally spun off more than we thought it would. (laughs) It's become a legal episode, which I think is good though, because I really think, I wish, I really wish there was more education around plagiarism, stealing things, or even like protecting yourself. Like just because you have an LLC doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Doesn't it doesn't. I think, well, I think when it comes to, I get said, get it. I get it in the beginning and you're trying to DIY stuff. Just copying and pasting somebody else's stuff is not okay. It's it's just not okay. It's not cool. But, and and I, I will think if we're circling back to like the failure aspect, that can essentially in itself be your first failure is not thinking for yourself. Because if you're going to embark on this journey of entrepreneurship, you do have to differentiate yourself from your competition and just copying and pasting other people's intellectual property is not the way to do that. We all use things as inspiration, right? Like of course, 100%, but you, you have to look at something from your own point of view and decide how it's going to work for you and make modifications or you're probably not built out for this. I can definitely 100% agree. And also not only that, but also when you start to copy things that have personality in it, I feel like you're just, you're showcasing the wrong thing. I'm I'm serious. Like my number one thing I get stolen is my job, my job description. And like, whenever I'm like hiring someone, it's because it is over fluffed because it's literally meant to be like a sales page. Cause we're essentially asking someone to trade their life. And there is words like kick-ass bookkeeper, you rock star, because of course I've got to do it. I laugh because I could never copy and paste your and use it in my company. (laughs) And anyone has any, like, they'd be like, there's no way she wrote that. (laughs) And the same with like other copy too. Like any, you, you had a, you're right now you're running your, your ads for your diagnostic review. Yes. Imagine if I copy and pasted a, you know, your ad with your personality and tried to use that for painting. Business. And then you get on a call with me, with them or whoever it is. And it's like, but you're not anything like I just There saw. would be calls. Okay. First of all, there would be no calls if I use that to market to businesses. <laughs> it wouldn't even, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't, and that's what I see happen so often. But I think it is really, really important with the job description specifically though, because 
that would be a bait and switch. Thousand percent. If someone saw your job description with your personality in it, and then they sat down in a meeting with me, <laughs> like I, that that's not how we operate, and that's okay. Like I'd love to to operate like you. I love your personality, but that's not how we operate. We yeah. have a completely different you know setup of how we do things. And so, for if anything, I think obviously you can't just again. It's not it's not nice, guys. It's not nice to copy and paste, but also. <laughs> It's really unfair to the people that are applying for your job yes. in that particular scenario because you're not being truthful about who you are. Mm-mm. You're not setting the right tone and you're just really like giving people the opportunity to like, here's a great, we're going to just talk about the whole job description thing, just right? Good. So if this is, you're putting, you're kind of, like you said, bait, what do they call it? Bait, bait? Bait and switch. Okay. So essentially like, you're really just like pulling these people in based off a certain personality trait, or maybe like, oh my God, I'm so pumped. You got me so excited. But then they go to fill out maybe your job application. The actual application, maybe it has a quiz and maybe it has like scenarios and like debits and credits questions or whatever that looks like. Now, guess what's going to happen? Karma is a real thing, people. And guess what they're going to do? Maybe they're going to go Google search it, copy paste the answer. So just remember that you're also putting out to the world that you're willing to just take. And that that can also happen to you as well. And it's not a fun scenario to be in because then you're going to be attracting somebody. They don't know that you took it from somebody else, but like, it's just the way the world works. For sure. I want to know what your biggest failure is for sure. Ooh, failure. Ooh. Mm. Oh, let's tread lightly on this one. Okay. I guess I'll just be very real because this is what this podcast is all about. Probably not biggest failure. I wouldn't call it like the biggest thing ever, but the most easiest one to identify that's most recently been something I've gone through is not being honest with myself about whether I should have a business partner or not. That oh is, God, this needs to be a whole other podcast. That's it's definitely going to be, but out of respect of my prior partner, I definitely want to tread a little bit lightly. There was nothing wrong. She was amazing, like an amazing, amazing human being. But I wasn't honest with myself with whether I actually wanted to, because I think I was so eager for the idea to have a partner because I was like, if I have a partner, then half of my brain doesn't have to be used all the time. But that's such BS, or at least depending on who you partner with. I think that I wish I would have sat with myself because I feel like I wasted their time. So essentially when the idea of magnetic bookkeeping consulting came out, I approached this person and I said, Hey, I'd love for you to be my partner. But in my brain at that time, it was more like, thank God I can have half of like the decision-making off my plate. And like, I was really thinking it was going to go a little bit different. And I didn't realize that I already had five to six years of business under my belt and multiple companies and I've been through the ringer. I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of failure to get me to where I'm at, to the decisions I've made. That's probably one of the biggest things is just identifying. It was really hard, really hard to be honest, to be straight up with her and say, I failed. And I knew that like, with being honest, I wasn't going to be like, but I'm keeping it because that's not fair. So my approach was I up. I should have been honest with myself and really sat a little bit longer with whether I wanted a partner or not. I said, so I'm willing to let go of this company if you want to buy me out. Or the other option is I buy you out or we dissolve the company. And that was really hard because like, I love the brand. I love the name. I love what's been built. I put in a lot of work to that company. And ultimately the smartest decision was for me to keep it because I'm in the US and they were located in another country and it just would have made it been more complicated. But essentially like I felt so bad as like a person for not like 
stepping back and taking more time to identify that. So it was a whole year of prolonged, like going through legal stuff. Like you were saying, I had to hire a lawyer, like go through the lawyer to start the partnership and then to dissolve the partnership then going money to pay, pay them out. Like it wasn't a small amount. And so going through that, I feel like it was a failure, but now I'm on the backside of that and it's a one year anniversary. And now it's just me solo. It's solid. Like, I feel like it's, there's beauty that's come out of the other end of that. And, that was and I, I want to clarify when I say it could be a whole other podcast this because I did also have business partners, not, not to you, not to your specific business partner in, 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 who is a lovely person. We're not all lucky enough to have that. To have, she was incredible. Just, it was hard though. People like when you go through, and I know that this is something that people have told me that I need to make an episode on. And I definitely want to talk about it. I can only give so much information, but ultimately I, I don't even know. It's hard to identify something as a failure after the fact, because it doesn't feel like a failure, but it, I felt like, like you were saying in the moment, you, you feel like, like a failure, failure. but now yeah. that I'm on the backside of it, we've done the, we've done everything. Like the, the business is now in my name. I bought them out. It's been several months. Like things are going good. I don't know if I can call it a failure. Cause it doesn't feel like that. I feel like I failed somebody. I don't think you did. And you're probably both better off for it. Obviously, I can't speak for you, but I always compare it to divorce, except for I think that it's worse than divorce because I, again, having gone through it myself, like it will, you will feel like a failure and it will like essentially feel like you're just tearing yourself apart. But I think just like marriage, you're not going to be able to talk somebody else out of doing it. And so like, because I had, had already kind of gone through that before you did yours and I had, you know, you know, gone to you and and was pretty honest about my experience, but it's the same thing with newlyweds, right? Where everything's sunshine and rainbows and like, we're getting married and it's happy and you don't want to talk about the divorce rate kind of a thing. So (laughs) even when I tell people about like what could go wrong in a partnership and I have, because we, we know several other bookkeeping firms that have gone into partnerships after my particular scenario where I've talked to them about it. And it's like one of those things where it's, it, it's not a failure. It's going to be a learning experience though. 100%. For sure. Whether it succeeds, whether it fails, whether it ends amicably or not, it, it's not a failure, but it is going to definitely teach you a few things. Oh sure. yeah. I probably learned so much in the period of time of one, learning how to be raw, real, and take responsibility. That was hard. I actually worked with my coach. I remember the day I was crying on the call with my coach and I told her, she asked me, how are you? And I just like started crying. <laughs> I'm like, do you really want to know what, like how I'm feeling? And I didn't realize that I needed to talk about it until it just, it seriously came out of me like lava, like no joke. I just started bawling and I was like, I am not happy. And I'm, I, I was more angry at myself that I wasn't honest and didn't, really take a step back and understand that I really just am not meant to have a business partner. And I just remember crying and crying. And then like knowing that like she had to literally help me. She's a copywriter. Thank God. She had literally had to help me understand how to shift the conversation to not point any fingers. Cause this person did not do anything wrong. Like nothing was yeah. wrong. It just was a misalignment. Right. And so she taught me. And one big thing that really helped me in this call was like, do not point and just say, I I failed you by not doing X, Y, Z. I take responsibility for not being honest with myself. And I feel like pretty much the I, I, I am really taking that responsibility. And she received it. Obviously she was sad. Obviously she was shocked because it just came out of kind of nowhere. 
she received it a lot better. I thought she was going to hate me. I thought she was going to do all the things. She's not like that as a human though, but ultimately like that person had to teach me how to take responsibility. And I think that was my, my biggest win on that back end. but I had to learn how to deal with the lawyers, with a partnership. Now, every time I see a question about like partnerships, how do I handle on the books? I'm like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I had, I had a similar moment, which two things, my similar kind of breakthrough moment was just me crying uncontrollably in the bathroom at BKX. <laughs> was this the first one or second one? This is last year. Okay. <laughs> it was the last time I drank alcohol because I, I hadn't drinking alcohol in like six months. And that was like the first time. It was just me surrounded by drunk bookkeepers crying about business ownership. <laughs> I want to like throw that out there. I do remember that for any of you that saw my messy moment, because there's a bunch of you who I don't know witnessed that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't drink while well, I'm pregnant, but I don't, I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> Um, Is this why? <laughs> not just because I'm pregnant, but because <laughs> I get a little messy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, that communication aspect, because I identified that very early as one of my ongoing failures, which is that I was not a strong communicator of how I feel or how to explain how I feel, especially in tense situations. I tend to stonewall in general. Like I have a tendency, like if like if we're, if you and I were fighting, like I would literally just like shut, shut down. down, stop talking and not want to continue the conversation and try to leave. It doesn't really work in like a business stand, you know, type of thing. It's, it's also not good for personal relationships either. <laughs> had a communication consultant for many years. And so I would say that's another really great investment. If you feel like, you know, you don't know how to communicate how you're feeling, that could be a therapy thing, but also if you're therapists are great, but they're also like business communication consultants that can help you from a business standpoint, like of how to communicate in a professional, you know, environment, because that was the struggle that I had for sure. Cause I, I don't, I don't see, I, I, I can see very clearly how I would make the same mistake that you did in the sense of not being truthful with yourself because you get excited. I have a tendency to do Yeah. I get excited. And I'm just like, okay, go, go, go. And I don't take time to think like, okay, how does this really make me feel? What is this really going to look like? Is this really what I want? And then how do I communicate that and figure that out? That that doesn't really happen for me easily. Speaking of consulting and talking about communication, let's talk about you and your consulting. Oh, it's gosh, happening. No, that's not no, no, no. I, no- you, what you were saying about talking about investing in somebody, this is why I'm saying it, investing in somebody who can help you communicate there's also different layers of that. I mean, there's a lot of awkward moments that people run into. I've had it happen on sales calls or even like talking to clients. Like they put you in weird scenario. I'm serious. I'm sure you have like crazy stories in this yeah. capacity. I think we all do. We've all been put into weird scenarios, but I'd love to talk about like how your approach, because I know that in Honing Consult, Melissa Honing Consulting, you do work with people on how to communicate. Obviously you're not a therapist and obviously you're like not meant to like change someone's (laughs) life, but like ultimately when it comes to sales, how does that correlate to even being honest with yourself when you're approaching things with how you guide people on how to handle a sales call? Maybe it's uncomfortable or not uncomfortable. That's a great question. I think the biggest thing, and it's funny because I just got a a testimonial and and she brought something up that I, I guess I, 
I know I'm intentional about, but I didn't realize that that's essentially the way she phrased it. And I realized that, like, that's how I'm teaching people, but essentially how to slow down mm-hmm. um, and to take things as they come. And I think a lot of times when you get nervous, especially you have a tendency to just kind of ramble or go on or just like, you know, push past things and not really take the time to stop and listen mm. and to really think about things before you respond. And that periods of silence or breaks in conversation are actually beneficial to both you and the other person. Whereas when you're trying to, you know, especially if you're talking to somebody new, you want to keep the conversation going. You don't want to have that awkward pause, right? But that actually, those awkward pauses, if you learn how to manage them well and then transition out of them can be a significant benefit to both of you. So I want to say like almost talking less, (laughs) kind of a benefit sometimes and using it to make sure that you're thoughtful with how you're leading the conversation. So when you're approaching somebody in the state of trying to like talk less, because I know that I'm one of those people who like, it's not that I get nervous. I just want to give so much information. I'm an information giver, like no other. And so like I, when I see someone's issue, I'm like, I just want to give you all the information, all the answers, but it's really not, it's not good. So how would you recommend to somebody to dial that back? So I will give you one of the tips that I have been using is that I have a download on my computer called Grammarly and it it like automatically will edit any text that you're writing. Like it'll give you prompts. It's an editor. And where I, I'm just like, I I talk way too much. I feel like (laughs) Like naturally, which is funny because I'm actually naturally a very shy introvert. But once I like get to know you or start talking to you, I can't shut up. And, but that really comes across in text for me. And what I really liked about Grammarly is that it will automatically start editing things. And what I found when I started using it was that it would take like a page of text and edit it to like a paragraph. Cause it was like, Melissa, shut up. You don't need to say all this. <laughs> and by using that every day, it has like translated into how I talk to people for the most part too. And I catch myself thinking, I could over explain this, but I know that like, I now have like a Grammarly, like <laughs> Chrome attachment in my brain. That's like, you don't need to say, it. you don't need to say it. It's Just fine. Stop. Like, they got it. Stop talking right now. And, That's uh, Grammarly, like G-R-A-M-M-E-A-R-L-Y. A-R-L-Y. Yeah, grammar and then just L-Y at the end. Oh, grammar. And I'm sure they have different versions of it. I love it so much. I pay for it and I'm cheap. And I don't pay for things very often. Like, <laughs> I remember like Ben, like Robinson, he like chastised me because he had sent me like a Word document or something. And I was like, I can't edit this. I got to like download it and put it and open it in Google Docs or whatever. He's like, you don't have Microsoft Office. And I was like, who does? Like, like Word old- Doc? Oh my God. Such an old school thing. Oh, Ben. <laughs> I use Google Docs <laughs> like the rest of the world. What do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? If I don't have to. I actually wrote that down. I think that's a great, a great tool because I also do have the same tech, especially with text, dude, I'm like the worst. I will keep going. I will keep going in the night. I find myself repeating myself mm-hmm. and like, it's really frustrating. Also, my friends have this running joke, like in my real life, also my virtual life, um, have this running joke that like, whenever they ask me one thing, it's never just like, 
yes or the solution it's always like <laughs> well I went to like Europe one time and then I ran into this guy you told me this thing and then I did this oh and then the solution was it's like what it's like I go ping-ponging everywhere I'm the same way and I this is like a core memory in my brain and I remember I was maybe 10 11 12 and I had like a second family that was like my best friend's family and her parents were my parents like I still am friends with her parents on Facebook like I send her mom Mother's Day cards. Like I'm not even friends with the friend anymore. Like that's how I heard it. But like I'm like her parents are still mine. I'm like I'm keeping yeah. them. And I remember them telling me I can't remember what happened. They they got me some type of gift and it, it had some kind of writing on it or something. And I can't remember what it said, but essentially their explanation was like, well, you have an excuse for everything because it, I can never just answer like if you have a question for me or if you ask me what happened it's not just like this happened or yes or no it's like well let me tell you let me just tell you all the things. things that happened and I still have it frenzy I had to write an email yesterday I had a client give their notice of resignation and that happens or notice of cancellation and uh, they basically said like your team is awesome I love this person I love that person but their feedback was that we have a charge for everything. They're like, we pay you for bookkeeping, but then we had to pay you extra for tenant maintenance. And then we had to pay you extra for tax preparation. I know, that's like the look that like Daniel gave me as we're reading the email. And then he's like, that's and weird. Then he's like, and then you me, I had to pay for this other thing. And then, you know, so I was shopping around for other bookkeepers. And then when you sent me the price increase email, which was a hundred dollars, by the way, I decided enough was enough. And so I keep thinking, and I'm, I'm going through it, and I ask my team, I'm like, hey, can you give me some feedback on this? And they're like, this is what I said. So there was, a, there was one miscommunication of, we weren't telling them that we were going to charge them for something. We were telling them that there, is a, there could be a potential additional charge for something, but that, not that we were charging for it, but that it was outside the scope of their work. But then I, I was going through the email, and I found myself wanting to like take every point that they made and like and explain it. And like explain it. And then I looked at Daniel and I was like, my inclination is to want to do this. And I know that that's wrong because at this point it doesn't matter. And what I'm going to do is got to leave it. Are they wrong? Yes. Okay. At the end of the day, they want services that they don't want to pay for. Cool. Am I going to talk them into paying for them? Probably not. They already found another booking provider. What I'm going to do is I'm going to accept their cancellation. I'm going to validate how they're feeling and let yeah. them know that I'm sure it is frustrating to be told that, you know, additional services have an additional cost that you weren't expecting. I'm going to let them know that other people have felt that way and that we're not always the best fit for every company. And I'm going to wish them the best and tell them that I want to help facilitate a great transition. And that was like, I was like, man, I have come a long way because I swear two or three years ago, I would have been like, Check, there have been check marks. You said this, I'm going to say this. You said this, I'm going to say this. But no, at the end of the day, like less is better. And it just takes time and self-awareness really at the end of the day. And for me, starting with like written word helped me work on, yeah. you know, when I'm speaking to people. I love that. I think that's going to be, especially the people out there who really struggle with a lot of it grows into attention span is really what it is. And it's just like, you just go, I've had people even be like, are you lying? Because I just run in circles and I'm like, no, it's just like, I don't know how to stop. Like someone has to smack me to get me to stop. Like, especially with information, dude, I'm just telling you when I was in person at BKX the first year, everybody after my talk wanted to talk to me, which is great. And I, 
I just, I had this tendency to be like, oh, and there's this notion and then it's this, and then it's like that. I just want to show all the things, but then ultimately it's like people get information overload and just like our clients do, or when you're on sales calls, you're not impressing your clients when you're talking about debits and credits people. They don't give a sh Like just tell them how you could solve their problems and get it off their plate. What's in it for them. Mm -hmm. And then also I, it's the 80, 20 rule, but I always joke that it should be 90, 10. They should be mm -hmm. speaking 90% of the time. And that's the easiest way I have found to sell <laughs> to not even talk and let people sell themselves. Just, <laughs> they just convince just, themselves at the end of it. They're like, I need you. some questions that happened to me yesterday on a console call. We were like running around in circles, by the way, from like the diagnostic review, like funnel thing. And we were on the call and she literally just talked and ended up convincing herself. Like at first she started with, I know I can do it. I just need to be trained, maybe a quarterly review, whatever. And then it turned mm -hmm. into the very end. You know what? <laughs> Literally hands up in the air on the call. I think you should just take over. Like, it was like, I didn't have to do anything. It just kind of happened. I, I had one today. It was, it's not closed. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long burn. It's a big company. It's a big painting company. And she started the call with, I, I don't really have very much hope that you can help me. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a good opener. And by the end of the call, she was excited. And I was like, I've done my job. Like, I'm going to shut up. I've done my job. She's excited. And then we'll talk next steps from here. But like, let's end this on a high note. She's, she's she started off saying, I got no hope you can help me. At the end of the call, <laughs> she, she has hope. I barely, I, I didn't talk nearly as much. It, and, and it was all about just asking like, okay, what do you, what do you need? What are your problems? Hey, guess what? I can solve them. Like it's, it, were there tons of things I wish I could have like gone over and I didn't, I didn't explain our onboarding. I didn't explain implementation. I didn't go into detail about our tax services. Didn't yeah. go into detail about our automate. Like we offer a lot of services right now. Did I, didn't fully explain, you know, she wants accounts receivable and accounts payable management. Did not go down those rabbit holes. Just strictly stuck to surface level because you have, you got to read the room. You got to yeah. read the room and for certain people Diving into that level of detail is overwhelming. It's too yeah. much. So pulling it back and saying less, but making sure you say the right things. It, it takes practice for yeah, sure. I love it. Well, I think we're a little bit past our sorry. lovely mark here. I know. I know we do. That's why I was like, you have to because be another guest. We reserve it for the, the bookkeeping podcast. Yeah. So we can, you know, shut our mouths during sales calls. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you just got to blab somewhere. Usually it's my poor dog. He's just like, what is mom saying? <laughs> well, I think this is all great. I feel like we just covered. So I like literally had a bullet note on a piece of paper, what we covered. So I could do my lovely intro here, but thank you for all the tips. I know you talked about the Grammarly. I'm definitely going to link that in the show notes. Cause I think that's, I'm going to selfishly check it out. I'm also going to link over your Facebook group. Cause I want people to, if you want to be immersed in Melissa's world, I definitely recommend checking out our lovely Facebook group. It's the sales and marketing for bookkeepers and accountants. Correct. Yeah, sales and marketing tips for bookkeepers. It's facebook.com slash tips for bookkeepers. Oh, that's nice, short and sweet. I know, um, right? I think this is all great. I think there's a lot of golden nuggets here. And of course, guys, if you love this episode and you want more of a Melissa, Alyssa, what are we going to call ourselves? Like the two musketeers? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out a snazzy name for these sessions. But if you like this episode, you want to hear more of it, please feel free to screenshot it. Tag me over at Workflow Queen. Also tag, I think it's official Melissa Honan. 
something like that. <laughs> I hope so. I will link it in the it show It is notes. on Instagram. Just yeah. regular Melissa Honan on Facebook, but official Melissa Honan on Instagram. We do need to launch a campaign to ask that random Australian woman to give me my name on Instagram. But- I just really like that you went balls to the wall and were like, I am the official Melissa oh. Honan. So sidebar, I was told by somebody much cooler than me that the cool kids use unofficial and then I was like, well, I'm not cool. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm the official. Well, anyways, where can people get immersed in your world? I know you got some other things going on. Let us know before we kind of send both of us off today. Social media is definitely the best place. I would say Instagram at official Melissa Honan. But then of course, the audacity that I have my website, melissahonan.com. So everything is linked on melissahonan.com. You can find all my social media directly linked on melissahonan.com. And that's typically where I update anything that, that I'm working on. And if I'm going to be any, at any events this year, I'll be updating that as well. So you guys know where I'll be in the world. It's going to be great. And one day we're going to put together our own event. Watch out, Bookkeeping okay. World. It's happening. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on yet another episode. I can't wait, obviously, to have you back again. I'm not going to make this the last one and break up with you yet. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much, Melissa. I'm sure everyone loved this episode and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at WorkflowQueen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.